listen to that stuff. There we go. I'm going to get this sorted. <laughs> now, radio. This will be there. Oh, yes, actually. Be a little bit of a muck around for the start of this record, but we'll be all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Radio. You go there and listen well. Uh, folks, today we, we got a little bit of a doozy. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like much if you've read Romans 15. The, the passage that we were meant to be preaching on today was 22 to 33. I've decided to go back to Romans 1 and we're going to preach all the way up to 15. So that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a complete joke, I'm sorry. Um, no, so I've, I've gone back a little bit. We've gone back to verse 18 to lead into today's verses. Um, it just really helps set the scene for what Paul's talking about. Uh, and you'll understand as we're, as we're getting into it. But um, we are getting into some deeper questions today for ourselves uh, as we see Paul getting into the final parts of what's been a pretty intense letter to the Romans. Uh, now, Paul had such a deep desire uh, as he's writing this letter, and we hear it multiple times. He had such a deep desire to get to Rome. He wanted to preach at Rome. That was, he wanted to preach the gospel there. And it's been something that's been building up for quite a while. Uh, and we're going to get into that even further. Um, but the question I want us to sort of think about, sort of stew on uh, today, uh, <coughs> what's God's calling or what, what is God's purpose for our lives? Um, it's a question that uh, Derek and I kind of discussed. It's a question that Steph and myself have discussed out of this chapter. And you'll understand more as we go into it, uh, what I'm kind of talking about here. You see, when it comes to Paul, his purpose in life, or his call, was to bring the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, And we can see God himself, God himself actually states what Paul's purpose is. He states this to Ananias in Acts chapter 9. So we see from verse 10 in Acts chapter 9, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Uh, Now this is going to be, I know it's Romans passage, but we're going... Uh, pretty deep into Acts as well. Uh, Super important as we wrap up towards the end of Romans here. We need to actually understand what Paul was doing uh, as he was writing this letter and what actually led him to get to Rome in the first place. So it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a doozy, so I want you to bear with me. But uh, we see Paul was called to, by God himself, from from the moment of his conversion to bring the message of the gospel to the Gentiles so that they might be saved. Uh, And we'll see this clearly shown 
in the first part of today's reading. So we go from verse 18 in chapter 15 there. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to, uh, we're going to go Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Now you understand now why we have to go back a little bit. If I had started just straight from verse 22, I would have started with a sentence going, this is the reason why I've so often been hindered from coming to you. You're not ever going to know the reason. So as I urge you all the time, go back, read, get context for the passages we're looking at. It's super important. It is really important. Um, But here, as I read this first section, I thought Paul's use of the Old Testament, as as we've seen all the way through Romans, is absolutely incredible. Uh, God has just given him an absolute, uh, well, a really firm understanding of the authority of Scripture. And I've absolutely loved reading it and exploring it. The reason I say this is if you heard the quote there, those who have never been told of him will see and those who have never heard will understand. Now this is a prophecy uh, told in Isaiah. (coughs) It's speaking of the coming salvation of God being pierced for our transgressions. Now this is so people like you and myself can see, hear and understand the saving grace of Jesus Christ on the cross. This is what Paul's message is all about. This is what God was using him for. Okay, like I've spoken about last time I preached, and like you'll never hear again from Romans 15, 1 to 13, uh, we're the Gentiles, unless of course you're sitting here before me with Jewish heritage, we're the Gentiles. Okay, so we actually aren't a part of the promise, and Paul was sent in order to deliver the message to people like us. Uh, (coughs) So... As we hear the saving grace of Jesus Christ on the cross, we actually also experience the mercy that was shown by God by putting Jesus on that cross. Uh, What Paul is talking about here is actually also an amazing encouragement. He's delivering an encouragement (coughs) to not try to save people by our own strength. Okay, He's saying right at the beginning there, (coughs) for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, okay, to bring the Gentiles to obedience. Nothing else. He's not talking about his good works. He's not talking about how many people he's brought into churches or brought to the Lord. He's actually solely talking about what Christ has accomplished, okay? So this is, that, that to jump straight into that is already such an incredible thing to be witnessing, to be going, this is all Christ. Everything that Paul is delivering to us, it's all Christ. And we need to see that all the way through. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing. <coughs> uh, so Paul wants us to understand that to try and save people by our own strength or any other means, that's not Christ. That's man, okay? So coming solely to people through Christ, in Christ, and preaching of the love and mercy that God has displayed. <coughs> Now, this, jumping into verse 22, 
This is what hindered Paul from being able to actually get to Rome. Okay? His purpose was to go and preach to places that had never even heard of Christ. People that have never had an experience of Christ. <coughs> now, uh, because there was already, actually, if we understand from history, there was already a church in Rome. So for Paul to go there and already start building up what, what had already been laid, okay, the foundations that were already there, he was kind of leaving behind everyone else that had never heard of Christ. So he wanted to go out. He wanted to go out and preach this message to people so that they would understand the saving grace of God. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, continue on, we'll continue on further. Uh, but now since I no longer have any room for work in these regions... And since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. Uh, Now, this is uh, talking about Paul is actually doing a lot of his ministry in the east at the moment, okay, in the eastern part of the countries. (laughs) And he's feeling like his work there is coming to an end. Through the power of the Spirit, he's established churches through the support of other apostles and whatnot, he's actually managed to get really solid people stationed in these churches. And he's feeling like, yep, this is, this is it. My work, my work out this way, it's winding up. Uh, I'm ready to, ready to move on. And I feel like God is calling me uh, now, more than ever, to start heading towards Rome. <laughs> now, we ourselves can actually see this. Uh, we can go to Acts 19 verse 21 <coughs> and this is Paul's desire to go to Rome this is first presented during the, uh, the riots at Ephesus so while Paul's in the thick of these riots and he's seeing all this stuff that's really full on uh, happening around him <coughs> this, is, uh, this is how he goes now after these events Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. Okay, so this is way, this is way back at this point. Okay, so it's around this time that he's, that he's getting these letters written and he's starting to write to Rome. <coughs> now, I, I, um, as you read this, we, we can't actually believe this is solely from Paul. Okay, we can't believe that this is solely Paul just going, you know what, I all of a sudden have a strong desire because I've conjured it up in myself. I have the strong desire to go to Rome and preach the gospel. This has actually really been pushed by God. Okay, we need to understand that. Like I said before from Acts 9, uh, this was God's purpose for Paul. So the Holy Spirit was actually stirring up in him. (coughs) And we can see uh, Paul's desire would have been even stronger as we get to uh, Acts 23 and we go look at verses 9 to 11. Then a great clamour arose. Some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply. We find nothing wrong with this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night... The Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Now, I know uh, if you feel a bit lost here, uh, 
we've got a small enough congregation. Feel free to interject, don't mind. <laughs> uh, but uh, as we see this section, you can imagine uh, how tough it would have been. Paul has had the Lord stand beside him and go, you know what, Paul? You must also go to Rome. Okay, and it takes a long time for Paul to get there, actually, and a lot of, a lot of turmoil, a lot of rigmarole. <laughs> so it's been on his heart for many years as he's writing this letter. Okay, so he's, he's writing from a place of, uh, of a, a place of pain to just a deep desire to get there. Okay, <laughs> and for good reason. Rome was the centre of the world at that time. Okay, we need to understand that Rome's the centre of the world, especially in regards to Gentiles. Okay, you imagine, uh, I, I want to say the capital of Australia, but that's Canberra. That's just a bunch of political nonce, uh, nonsense down there. But uh, let's say somewhere like Sydney, there is heaps of traffic, heaps of people. There's docks there, so boats are coming in. Boats are bringing people in. The airports are bringing people in. So when you think of ministry, that right there is almost the peak of traffic. Heaps of people around, heaps of people that need to hear the message of the gospel. Now, this is what Paul had on his heart. Uh, when it comes to Rome, he goes, if I go to Rome, there are heaps of people there that, that desperately need saving, that desperately need to hear the gospel. Okay, because that's the thick of Roman rule in there. That's the thick of the Roman government. Okay, so there's not really much preaching happening there. <coughs> uh, so... Uh, it's been on his heart for many years and he's hoping that the Roman Christians will be willing to support him in his missional work for the gospel, okay? So that he can be supported as he ventures further for the sake of Christ. So this is what we're talking... We're talking about missional support here. We're talking about sending people out. We're talking about receiving people. You know how we had uh, Rod, Rod James turn up the other day, okay? Missional support. We have someone come in and enjoy our community with us and he's sharing with us in our church and our community. And then we send him out uh, with support, either by the church, that's either with gifts, so Rob and Sal kept him at their place, kept him, that's a bit of a weird way to put it, but, you know, they housed him, okay, they gave him food, that's, that's an incredible blessing in missional support, okay? We see in the Bible constantly, especially for people like Paul, they had nowhere really as a home base. They were constantly travelling, constantly bringing the message of the gospel to people. Uh, so this is what Paul is hoping as he comes to Rome, that they'll give him this kind of support. Um, we continue on. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. <clears throat> for Macedonia and Isaiah have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings they ought also be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. Now as Steph and I read this, and as I read it with Derek as well, it, more, it kind of sounded like a mission update. Okay, now Michelle used to do this, uh, Steph's sister, used to do this kind of stuff uh, where it's kind of this uni impact type stuff. She'd be uh, in unis doing all this ministry work and she'd actually send us updates of how her ministry's going, uh, what kind of connections she's made, the people she's been talking to, all that kind of stuff. This is sort of where Paul's coming from here. He's actually giving Rome an update. He's like, hey, look, 
just quickly before I go to you, uh, I'm actually heading to Jerusalem and uh, you'll read in uh, Corinthians, uh, Thessalonians, all that kind of stuff. He's actually establishing churches there and bringing in gifts, bringing in money to compile for the saints at Jerusalem. So he's actually going to collect tithing (laughs) uh, to bring to the saints in support of them. Okay? (laughs) So these churches that Paul is talking about in Macedonia and Isaiah, they're they're actually the churches of Philippi and uh, Thessalonica and Corinth, all those kind of places. So he's actually travelling through there, grabbing the collection and then going, sweet, I'm going to take that to Jerusalem and then I'm going to Rome. Okay, so that's kind of what he's talking about here. <laughs> now, uh, in regards to the spiritual blessing, that had me stumped for a few days. So I was like, spiritual blessings, what are they talking about? They're talking about the ministry they're bringing towards them. Uh, and I spoke to Derek about it. And the spiritual blessings that we're talking about here, it's actually Christ. Uh, it's not just the message of Christ, it is Christ himself through the Jews, okay, it is through the Jews that Christ was born, okay, God made the promise, as if you were here for my sermon, we spoke about, uh, we spoke about the promise that God made to Abraham, that his descendants would be many, and that many people, the world would be blessed through him, so the spiritual blessing is talking about Jesus, for he was born in the line of Abraham, in the line of David, okay, (laughs) and this has been a recurring conversation, Uh, through this later part of the letter. The long and short of it is, like I just said, God made a promise to Abraham that he would have many descendants and that many nations would be blessed. Now, it was looking forward to Christ. This is what this is talking about, okay? So many nations will be blessed through you. That's God saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to be born down through your line, through the Jewish people, okay? And as we see... Okay, you get to the Gospels. Christ was born in the flesh as a descendant to Abraham. Now, that's the spiritual blessing right there. Because like we spoke about, the Gentiles, you and I, we aren't born into that promise. Okay, we're not born directly into the family of God. Okay, the way in which we get into the family of God is through Christ. Okay, we get to enjoy that spiritual blessing. Okay, because Christ died on the cross for us we now get to live in eternity with God as a part of the family of God. Okay? Uh, if no one's lost, I hope, I know, I know I'm a bit full on at the moment. <coughs> uh, we'll go from verse 29. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now, I apologise if you... uh, think that the sermon's anywhere close to being done. We've got another 45 minutes of preaching. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. But uh, <laughs> now, this is uh, a really good section to finish off here in Romans 15. Paul is actually, he's not uncommon, he's asking for prayer, okay? Asking for prayer for, on his journey. Uh, two forms of prayer in particular. 
Okay? He's asking for a prayer of protection. Okay? So that's from the unbelievers in Judea. He wants to be protected so he may be delivered from them. And actually a prayer of blessed offering. Okay? So that his service to Jerusalem okay, may be acceptable to the saints. Now, this isn't Paul kind of holding himself up here, okay? Then we can look at it that way. It's not him going, oh, I'm going to walk in there and I know, I know this is going to be a blessing to Jerusalem. I've got gifts, I've got money from all these other churches. How are they not going to love it, okay? But Paul knows that it's, it's not about the material things. It's not just about the material things. He, he is really hoping that God will use these gifts in order to further the ministry being done at Jerusalem. Okay, and he has, a, he has complete faith in God, so he's, he's urging the Romans, be praying for me that this stuff will be helpful, that this will be good for the church. Okay? <laughs> now, it can be believed, uh, this first part of Paul's prayer, the prayer of protection, uh, it wasn't really answered. Okay, some people argue that, oh, it wasn't answered, he wasn't really protected, was he? He was thrown into the custody of, uh, of the higher-ups in, uh, in the church, uh, of the, you know, the Jews and the Pharisees. He was thrown into prison, okay? This guy's gotten into shipwrecks, all that kind of stuff. And yet, constantly, he was able to deliver the message of the gospel to people, okay? The Jews, as we see in Acts... This is... I'm not going to read, obviously, all these chapters, but we've got from Acts 22 to 28... We see pretty much in the thick of it Paul's uh, trial and uh, him being thrown into prison and then him eventually ending up in Rome as a prisoner. Okay? Now, the thing is, the Jews wanted to kill him. They wanted desperately to kill him, but they could find nothing wrong with him. They were actually going to release him if you, if you are. Thank you for the backup track, Rob. That's... <laughs> I love it, it's good. Uh, so, you see, <coughs> um, Paul was put on trial and they are actually going to release him. Okay? So, they were going to let him go uh, and he was like, actually, no, don't let me go. And we'll see, we'll see this a bit more in a second. But uh, I do find it hilarious and I had a good laugh with Derek about it this morning. Uh, it's often when we try so hard to prevent the things that we don't want to happen that those things end up happening in tenfold. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll, we'll use Paul here again as an example. Uh, <laughs> the Jews really wanted to kill him. They wanted to stop him from preaching the gospel to people, okay? And they wanted to stop him from being able to go to all these different places and build these churches up. So what they did, they threw him into jail and they thought, yeah, good luck to you, brother. You're not going to be able to preach the gospel in there. And yet he still had his right in hand. He's still going... <laughs> He's still going hard on writing letters to churches. And then when he was put on trial, <coughs> and we read about this now, he's put on trial before a guy named Festus. Okay? This is in Acts 25, verses 9 to 12. Okay? <coughs> Festus thought he was doing the Jews a favour. Okay? He goes, so Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favour, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem? And there be tried on these charges before me. But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. 
If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. Okay, this is the people in Jerusalem, by the way, that he's talking about. (laughs) So he then says this, I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. <laughs> I, had, I had such a, like, I know it seems ridiculous, but I had a good little giggle at that uh, as I read it. Because I thought, this is so funny. They had him in jail, they put him on trial, and they're like, yeah, we're going to get you now, Paul. You're done for. And then all he has to say is, you know what, I want to be, be put on trial before Caesar. Okay, I appeal to Caesar. You know where that ends him up? In the heart of the Roman Empire, Rome. He gets sent there as a prisoner. Okay, so what God had foretold, okay, as we saw in Acts, what God had foretold came about <coughs> in a way that only God can make work, really. <laughs> it, uh, it, was, it, was, it is incredible. No one, and uh, no matter how hard you try, you cannot interfere with the will of God. The will of God was for Paul to make it to Rome. No matter how hard the Jews tried to interfere with that, God went, you know what, I've got ways around that. I don't care. I have planned for Paul to make it to Rome and make it to Rome he will. (laughs) He has an exact plan of how things are going to go and I want to be honest, it's not always fun and easy. Being a Christian, it's not an easy going life and I love that we're looking into Paul's life here because on display is probably one of the hardest lives we've ever seen in ministry, okay? I know we have a lot of really difficult stuff that goes on today, but the amount of stuff that Paul had to go through whilst preaching the message of the gospel is absolutely nuts. He had an extremely difficult life. And yet, despite all this turmoil, he knew that he was alive for only one reason. And that was to spread the message of Jesus Christ first to the Gentiles then the Jews. Okay? And Paul, at last, got the opportunity to fulfil God's calling as we see in Acts 28, verses 30 to 31. Okay, this is like wrapping up the end. Read all of Acts 28. That sums up him arriving in Rome. But this part here uh, really, really hit hard. So he lived in Rome. He lived there for two whole years at his own expense. Okay? And welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now, (laughs) that is something that is absolutely bonkers to me. Paul got sent to Rome as a prisoner. And this is, this is, oh, I'm just, I'm sorry if I'm, I don't want to sound too, like, drab about this. I want to be excited about it. I want, to, I want you to be excited about it. Paul was a guy that was persecuting the church. He was arresting Christians. He was killing Christians, thinking that he was the best of them. And yet, God converted him. And now this is a man who was locked up and put on trial and has gone through many, many trials 
to get to Rome as a prisoner and be preaching the very message he first went out to destroy. This is absolutely nuts. The power of God to be able to transform someone in such a drastic way. This should give every single one of us hope for the people that you see in your life. It gives me hope for the people that I see in my life where I'm like, surely God cannot save them. And yet you look at someone like Paul and you go, God can work absolute miracles. Who am I to doubt the Almighty God? That someone like Paul would be able to eventually go, you know what, this message is worth dying for. This message is worth being locked up for so that people can hear of the salvation, the love, the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. That, for me, that is just, that's insane. And it is such a wonderful hope, the transformative work of God. Now, for me, uh, as, as, we, as we sort of approach the end of this, it begged the question, how do we discern for ourselves what God is calling for us to do in our lives? Or how do we fit into God's plans? Uh, p- to put it pretty harshly, uh, first, to just sort of with the jarring comment, we need to understand that God was working long before you or myself came along. So we aren't this crucial irreplaceable part of God's plan okay it's not as if when we're gone God cannot act his will out through people long after we're dead okay long after we're dead God is still going to be working however I want us to understand the opposite to that The important thing to remember out of that is that God does use His people. That's the point of the Holy Spirit being in your heart, living within you. Okay? God is able to use us in order to act out His will here on earth. Okay? In order to bring glory back to His kingdom, in order to push the message of the gospel much further so that people can hear it. Yeah, so I want that. I want that to sink in. We need to remember that God will use us. He will use His people. If you think that you're out of reach for God, that you're out of reach of God being able to use you for ministry, then I'm extremely sorry that you're a Christian because that's what God's going to do with you. God is going to use you in order to push the glory for His kingdom. Okay, And that's that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful freedom for the Christian life. We get to tell people about the love and the mercy of God through Christ. That, that freedom, that message of love and hope to people. Now, uh, when it came to this, uh, thinking about the will over people's life or, or the plan for people's life, uh, a couple that kept sort of popping up in my head is Rob and Sally. Now, I believe God's using them here in Deer and Bandy in some pretty run- wonderful ways. But the thing is, okay, and this isn't to say that Rob and Sally have to leave, they have to run away, okay, 
But we need to know that no matter how firm it looks like someone is set in a community, God has the power to take them away. God has the power to take Rob and Sally from the farm, from Beverly, and take him, take them wherever God, wherever he sees fit. Okay? That's a nuts thing to think about. The reason why I wanted to point out Rob and Sally in particular, because even in my own brain, I was like, yeah, surely Rob and Sally are here forever. <laughs> they're, you know, they're in Deer and Bandy. They, they have the farm. They're going to be running that. Okay? And they'll be around long after they're not running it. But that completely limits the work of God. The miracle we were just talking about with Paul being transformed and then sent across the world, more or less, to preach the gospel. So for me, that, that was me, I want to I say to you, we can't limit our scope of what God can do. Okay? Because Rob and Sal, although you're the, the pinnacles of Deering and everyone knows you, God can take you away. You may not believe it, but everyone knows you. For the wrong reasons, but that's okay. <laughs> Now, the question that I wanted to pose out of this is, I want you to think about what would happen if, if Rob and Sal were called, sorry to keep targeting you guys, what would happen if they were called and they were to ignore that call? But they were still to come to church. Okay, they're still to catch up with people, all that kind of stuff, but they know in the back of their minds that God was calling them away. Well, the, the truth of the matter is, they'd be functioning here in Deer and Bandy for self-glory rather than to glorify God. And that works the same way for each and every one of us. Just because we're here now and we're comfortable doesn't mean that God is going to leave us here. Les, absolutely love you, mate. need you to understand God can take you away. Janice, I need you to understand... God can call you somewhere else. Okay? Not to be harsh about it. Just because you guys have a bit more experience in life than we do. God can take you away and he can use you just as much. Okay? I I want you to understand that. (laughs) Now, to finish, I want us to understand when it comes to figuring out what we are supposed to where we're supposed to be in life or what we're supposed to be doing, um, there's only really three things we can do. Okay? We need to read the Word of God, preferably daily. (laughs) We need to pray to God, same thing, daily. Daily in relationship with God. Okay? Okay? And the final one, as Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 states, we need to trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Okay? That states it pretty clearly right there. If you're confused with where you are going or what you're supposed to be doing, Okay? Read the Word of God. That's where Proverbs 3 is, surprisingly. What a surprise that is. That's where Proverbs is. It's in the Bible. 
We need to pray to God. That's, that's, I know that prayer sometimes gets viewed as this, for some people and for me, it used to be this sort of monotonous thing. I was like, oh, I guess I've got to pray. But the thing is, is that it's because God desires a relationship with you and I. He is our Father. And He desires that deepness with us, that oneness with us, where we are able to experience that deep relationship with Him by exploring His Word. That's how we actually get to explore about who God is. His character is all through the Bible. You want to know God? Okay? You want to know God? Look to the Bible. Everywhere in it. Don't leave a skerrick out of it. Every single word, okay? No matter how important our human brains or our human hearts view it, every word in the Bible is sacred. It is God-breathed. It is God-inspired. Okay? So it is super important that we as Christians are diving into that word constantly, immersing ourselves in God. And prayer, that's our way of actually speaking our mind to God, really pouring our hearts out to Him. Okay? I know we've been hearing about in Romans that, oh, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Okay? But remember, that's no excuse for us to just be like, ah, well, the Holy Spirit's got it, so I'm all sweet, I'll just keep going. I'll keep going about my business. I can work 24-7 and not ever have to talk to God once because the Holy Spirit's going, I'll pray for this guy, no worries, I'll pray for this lady. Okay? It's about that relationship with God. Okay? And you know what? When you have the Holy Spirit, that desire for that relationship with the Father, that'll be there. You will yearn for the Father's love. You will yearn to want to talk to the Father, to immerse yourself in the Father. (laughs) And I believe Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, if you're really unsure of the direction, maybe, I don't know if anyone's unsure of the direction of their life at the moment, but to trust in the Lord with all your heart, don't trust in your own understanding. And what was that? What was that? In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Jesus, I tell you what, It's funny, because when you try and do it without God, it's kind of like you put the blindfold on and then you go around the Great Dividing Range. (laughs) If you haven't driven it, the roads are kind of like this. (laughs) You're almost driving backwards around some of it. (laughs) But folks, that's all we can do as Christians. Okay? Read the Word. Pray to God. Be in relationship with God and trust God. If you hear anyone talk about this magic trick of being able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps... You should put your bootstrap across the back of their head. Okay? That's a bit harsh. I'm sorry. But that's really the long and short of it. That's uh... (laughs) We need to understand that if we're constantly digging into the Word and we're praying to God and we're trusting in Him fully, the Holy Spirit will constantly build this desire to fulfill God's will in our lives. Okay? And there is such an incredible freedom, okay? There is such an incredible freedom in being able to spend every day, every single waking moment, glorifying God in all that we do. Uh, We're going to take a quick intermission, toilet break, and then I'll continue. I'm joking. (laughs) Let's let's pray. Let's pray. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Father, we are extremely, 
extremely grateful for the way in which you've displayed yourself here in Romans. The way in which you've used Paul as a mouthpiece to your glory. <laughs> and we pray as we, are, as we sit and we listen to these messages, okay, that you will bless these messages to our ears and you will help us to chew on them. I pray as we go from here, Lord, we will understand uh, <laughs> how deep the love that you have for us is. I pray that we will understand just how much Christ did on that cross. I pray you will help to give us a clear understanding of what your purpose for our lives is. And that you will help each and every one of us here today to be completely devoted to you, to completely trust in you. thank you for the way in which you constantly hold us up Lord we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is, that is constantly doing work in us and again Lord I pray for each of us that you will bless each of us with that understanding of just how much we've been saved just how much you've done in order that we may be in relationship with you we thank you Jesus in your name we pray Amen.